Hi, it's Jasmine. You know, that girl who did you know what way before the internet ever existed. Join me and my special guest every week as we talk about anything and everything because nothing is too taboo. So punch your ticket and get on board the crazy train with me, Jasmine St. Clair. All aboard! Welcome to a brand new week of Crazy Train with Jasmine St. Clair. Today's guest, or this week's guest, is one of my favorite gimmicks of all time in the WWE and one of the coolest people I've ever seen at the wrestling conventions. You might know him as Papa Shango or the Godfather, but he's right about one thing. Pimping ain't easy. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know wrestling fans know you from so many different things, from Papa Shango, um, and my favorite gimmick of all time is the Godfather. <laughs> it was. I always wanted to be on the hoe train, by the way. How did you pick the hoes every night? Well, first, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, it's uh, it's an honor to be on the show with you guys. Um, at first, uh, when we started it, uh, you know, first of all, that was my wife's idea, that whole Godfather thing was my wife's idea and when we first started it uh, we were trying it out without any girls and then Vince uh, we did it two or three times in the house show by the time we made it to TV Vince thought uh, hey Charles this might have some legs to it so he's like you think you can get me some girls and so me and Taker and uh, the Harris boys Ron and Don Harris we went to the strip club that we were at the night before and uh, got some of the girls, put them on TV, and uh, it took off after that. Yeah, it looked like it looked like a lot of fun. I actually met one of your hoes, um, Bobcat, <laughs> when I was working for Jerry Lawler in Tennessee. But she actually ended up having like a real career in wrestling after that. Electra was a hoe, right? Donna, Dad, yes. Donna. See, so there were girls that actually got wrestling careers out oh, of being look at a Lita. hoe. Lita was a hoe. Was she a hoe? <laughs> Lita, look it up. Lita was one of the hoes. Um, uh, Victoria was one of the hoes. Ivory was one of the hoes. Really? See, back then, back then, we had a lot of girls that could actually wrestle, but they had nobody to wrestle against, and so they'd put them on TV. They have uh, Molly Holly tells a story about how she just told him, no, they're like, well, we don't have nothing for you, but if you want to be one of Godfather's hoes. <laughs> well, I'm kind of jealous because I always, I was hoping to one day be on the hoe train, but you never know. Maybe they bring the gimmick back for one night and I want like that one chance to do it. Like that's the only time. If we do, we're going to have to talk about it. Absolutely. And I know that you were also a part of Right to Censor. Do you think that's something that would actually be able to be on TV these days just because of cancel culture and everything else going on in the universe? They might be baby faces this, these days. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you could get away with it. You could easily get <clears throat> you can get away with that and the nation. Just make the nation baby faces. You can get away with both of them probably. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell with wrestling these days, you know, where things are and where people's heads are at. Do you still follow a lot of indie wrestling or do you watch it uh, anymore? No, no. Uh, I always tell people I have respect for the business, love the business, made a lot of good friends, made some money in the business. But I don't follow it anymore. Nothing against it. I just tell people that uh, 
I was lucky enough and, and proud to be part of the Attitude Era and, and the part that I was part of, you know? Yeah, I think that was probably the best part of wrestling was the Attitude Era. Um, one of the best eras ever, I think. It was wild. Yeah, I know. And then you also, you almost had a match against the Ultimate Warrior years ago. I had a lot of matches against the Ultimate Warrior. I thought there was one you were supposed to do and then he'd quit or like something happened and then a match didn't happen and you ended up with a championship belt. Because I read like so much and your your resume is like longer than most people's rap sheets that I know. So <laughs> take that, take that, <laughs> take it, take it as a compliment. Um, okay. But if, yeah. But going back to that whole era, is there something you would have liked to have done that they did not do? Did you ever come in with creative ideas? Only time I did that was as Godfather. Because like I said, that was me and my wife's idea. They really didn't know what to do with it. And we kind of, one thing about Godfather, she was not scripted at all. I mean, I knew what the finish was, of the, what the match was. But other than that, man, it was all up to me. Only time I was scripted is if I had to mention a town, an event, or like I, I at the end, I think I interfered in some weddings. But other than that, man, I was allowed to say and do whatever I wanted to say. Oh, man, the good old days when we could do whatever we want to, and it could be the wild, wild west on stage well i know i noticed how you got your start was working at a bar and then meeting wrestlers etc etc let's say you never met any wrestler that got you into this or thought or like maybe told you it's a good idea to try it what would you be doing do you think you'd still be at a bar working you think you'd open up a strip club a clothing um, store no telling man i mean i've always worked in the strip club business and I was part owner of Cheetahs here in Las Vegas all that time. And that's why you'd see me come and go. You know, I'd have probably, you know, maybe more involved in the cannabis business because I would have had more time. I probably would have tried to get more involved in that. Well, you've done so much with your life. And there's so many wrestlers that are out there that have not, like maybe your age, a couple of years younger or older, that have not done nearly as much as you have. I noticed that you were involved in catch wrestling. I have this... I have this love-hate thing with catch wrestling only because there's a wrestler. I believe you, I don't think you wrestled with this guy's father, but there was a wrestler who tried to go out with me and I needed a cat sitter that weekend. I was out doing my own thing. I was wrestling for someone else that weekend. I came back and this guy's like wrestling on a hardwood floor in my apartment with some other guy and they said it was catch wrestling. So... I'm still trying to bongle around my, my head. Like, what is the difference between catch wrestling and what we see in pro wrestling? And I don't speak to him anymore. I, I have no idea what they were doing in your room. <laughs> that sounds something else. Catch wrestling in Germany, wrestling is called catch. That's okay. the phrase for it's called catch wrestling is professional wrestling. Um, only thing at the time back when there was catch wrestling for big auto bonds, God rest his soul. I, you'd go. It was a good place for the boys to go. In 1988, let me tell you who was there. I was there. Uh, Scott Hall was there. Chris Benoit was there. Owen Hart was there. Fit Finley was there. Dave Taylor was there. And we were all there for eight months. You wrestled in rounds instead of, you know, it was rounds you wrestled in. And uh, But it would, catch was just the name of it. It was that's, that's, that's what the sport was in Germany. It was called catch. 
you, instead of a wrestler, you were a catcher. Getting back to the whole strip club business, I remember Cheetahs from back in the day in the 90s. Is that how far back you were working there as well at Cheetahs? Yes, yes, yes. Did you have features there? Um, I, I'm trying, we had features for a moment, but it just didn't. I mean, we went with the features and the midget girls and all the other features, and it just it didn't catch on in Vegas back then. It was that was more of a southern thing in Florida and back south, and it was the features were more over there than they were in Vegas. I think in Vegas, between the showgirls and all the shows, the the features just didn't get over here. Yeah, I I just remember hearing something about that a while back. I think I did work once at Spearmint Rhino when they opened up the first night. Let me tell you, I was the most miserable person in that club because it was these crappy little like pink and white energy drinks. Right. And some kind of vodka. The thing tasted like shit. Then you go out there. It was a good crowd, right? But then the girls, I'm like, man, it's like, like try to smile or something, you know, just like, just, it just, it was so, I was just, it was a horrible weekend. It was just a horrible time to be there because I think it's usually the club when girls aren't like busy on the floor, then they just sit around like all mopey because everyone's there for the feature. And that everyone likes that. What do you think is the hardest part of running a strip club? Because that's a long time to be in this in that whole business. Do you know the the business is? I, I was I started off in the business in 1982, 83 here in Vegas, and the business has changed so much that to be honest, I don't even want to be a part of it anymore. You know, people have changed, the girls have changed, customers have changed. Um, it's just, it's not, it, 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 it became a point. It was business for me, but it became a point who wasn't fun. And I was just, I was tired of dealing with that, that, that type of situations to say that. Yeah. I don't know how you'd have the patience to deal with the girls, man. Like if I had to deal with that shit, I was a house mom once for like a whole hot two weeks when I lived in Europe, I was fired, but, um, well, you know, when they have the champagne rooms and stuff, it's like, you know, it's really expensive. And it's just the whole mentality of the guys that go in there, right? And right. it's such a tough job to even like man girls and like man the guys. So everyone's on the same page of respect. One thing I've always been fortunate enough is I was always the general manager or the manager. One thing I was never, except in 83 for a very short time, I was a bouncer bartender, but I've never been a bouncer. I wasn't ever a bouncer. It's never a floor man. I was always in management. Or like I said, a short point, I was a bartender and a manager and a doorman. You're all at once. But yeah, I was so I really never had to deal with the girls, managers and stuff had to deal with that. I was lucky enough to they'd come to me when they got fired. So I really never had to to really deal with that part. And would you say that there were different styles of wrestling versus like what we do in the U.S.? Like I just came back from Japan. There are a lot of death matches there. And I guess our version of that hair is like white trash wrestlers beating each other over the head with light tubes. So it's kind of different in a way what we're doing Um, versus there. They seemed a lot more stiff with things. And you're saying you wrestled in Germany. Did you find it was different over there than here in the States? Um, back then, I guess it's, you're going back a long ways with me. Back then, it was a lot stiffer, but it was cool to go to Japan 
Germany wasn't stiff. That was, you know, we're pretty loud over there. Japan, New Japan, all Japan back then was, it was stiff, but we liked it that way. It was cool with me. It was never a problem with me. So um, what they do today and for what they get paid for what they do, it's pretty insane to me. I, nor, I, I'm not for it or nor do I want to watch it. Yeah, it's like... I mean, these guys whole- are... These huh? guys are putting their lives in jeopardy for 50 bucks and shit. So I'm going to have to pass on all that. Yeah. And there's like no health insurance. I got squeamish around blood and I had no idea that I stepped into like a blood, fa- a blood wrestling company. And like you're standing there ringside. Someone like Necro Butcher is there. I'm like, dude, I don't know how you do this. Just it's sad. And you see like the busted open cuts. Did you ever have a really bad wrestling injury that you were afraid you might not recover from? No, I'm just, you know, broken collarbones, cracked ribs, you know, ankles, uh, you know, stuff like that. Just your normal stuff. I think you're one of the few people I see at these conventions that has a long line all the time, but you're definitely the sharpest dressed guy there for sure. <laughs> and so forth. I don't understand why people didn't like the Papa Shango. Like some people didn't like Papa Shango. Did you like the Shango gimmick versus the Godfather or any other gimmick you had? You can't compare anything to the Godfather because the Godfather is just me being me. It's just me being me. Papa Shango was a stretch because at that point I was the hardcore biker, but I did the best I could. But, uh, you know, um, I didn't like the, the face paint, the upkeep, the smoke that you had to smell every night, the skulls. The, I didn't like it was a very high maintenance gimmick, very high maintenance. And you had to carry a lot of stuff and special effects. And I mean, it was a handful. I, I, I was uh, when we finished it up, I wasn't too sad about it. Yeah, I kind of I liked the gimmick. Like I remember seeing bits and pieces of it here, but I always remembered you as the godfather and, of course, the right to censor. How did you get looped into the whole right to censor gimmick? That's when Vince was coming off of cable TV, going to the network. They were calming everything down. You were mentioning Val Venus earlier. I'm mean, tell people, dude, this is what Val Venus used to say. You think my shit's bad? Check out what Val used to This is some stuff Val used to say. And they really? were getting rid of they were getting rid of all that. And Vince would tell me at every TV, Vince would say, Charles, I'm fighting for you, brother. I'm fighting for you. But I mean, they were, they were after the DX and the suck it and the puppies. And they were kind of starting to go more PG. So they had to filter all that down. And one of the worst was Val and me (laughs) because I'm calling girls hoes. I'm trying to sell girls on TV. I'm calling them hoes. I'm telling people to smoke weed. I'm offering, you know, I'm doing a lot of stuff that's not accepted today on TV. And so uh, it got to the point with my character where I couldn't be on Saturday morning. I couldn't be on morning TV. I couldn't be on till after 10 o'clock at night. I couldn't say nothing about smoking. And this was not Vince. This is the networks. I couldn't call the girls holes. I couldn't say Pippin ain't easy. I, they tried to make them it just... They try to make you Godfather light, make me an escort. It just, I mean, people (laughs) wanted the Godfather. So that's what happened. Then uh, Vince is like, hey, he wanted, Vince basically wanted to poke fun at this PTC or whatever the name of the group was that was protesting against him. 
he called his group the RTC, and he basically wanted to poke fun at him for a while. But the night that he told me he's putting me in the RTC and that basically the Godfather wasn't coming back, man, I was ready to leave it. Yeah, I was just thinking this day and age where they have this whole, and yeah, I'm not getting political. This is just me. So you could only imagine me with Valvinus. It went on for two and a half hours that day with him because we kept going down all these rabbit holes together, but he started it. Uh, with this day and age of like feminism, you have these girls to claim empowerment. So a woman could claim her empowerment by wanting to be a hoe, number one. Number two, everyone smokes weed, especially cancer patients and people right. that are really strung up sometimes. Like I get sometimes before a show. So you could use a hit off a joint. So that would be my argument for you. And with this fourth wave feminism, yes, girls want to be they want to be proud of their bodies and like be sluts and whores and fucking hoes, whatever. So it's totally fine. I think he should bring the gimmick back. I know you guys came back. A few, you came back a few times for WrestleManias here and there. As right, well. right. I and hate it. Most overthink. The, 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 one of the reasons you don't see me, I mean, I'm still under a Legends contract with them and have been since 2003. But one of the reasons is they don't want the crowd chanting. We want hoes. We want hoes. And if you put me out there without hoes, that's what's, that's what's going to happen. So that's one of the reasons. Number two, I'm not really trying to get on TV no more. I'm not trying to get out there. I, you know, I'm not trying to get locked into anything over there. I, to I can understand that because, like I said, you're one of the – my mom even knows who you are. I'll put it to you that way. Wow, I guess that's good. My mom knows who you know. Yeah, she does. Well, I, I used to see wrestling when I was a kid at Madison Square Garden. So, But the first pay-per-view I went to was the Hulk versus the Ultimate Warrior in Canada. Okay. So that was my experience as a kid. Then watching WWE and then eventually getting into the business and seeing your gimmick, I'm like, that's the coolest gimmick ever. Like that and Val Venus were two... They, the big Valbowski, hello ladies. Those are my favorite gimmicks of all time. Maybe because they were just so um, controversial. You know? uh, that, that we were and still are, especially Val. <laughs> well, did you watch his YouTube station? <laughs> so I catch him sometimes. But God bless him, man. I've known him for a long time. And I always, I always just smoke with him. I leave the politics alone because that's when it gets boring. And so I just smoke with him. Yeah, I, I, I have yet to try smoking something soon that doesn't like make my throat all scratchy. So one of these days, I'll learn how to, to smoke out of one of those bongs. Um, one day, that is. Do you think you'll ever get back into the cannabis business, or is it overdone? Um, it, it is overdone. I, you know, to make money these days, I mean, it's, it's getting harder and harder because there's just so many products out there. There's so much this, this. Even if you do get your own strain, by the time you're done with it, you're not. It's just, it's it's oversaturated. Unless you're starting up your own company or something, or starting up your own dispensary. With I'm not looking to do. Uh, you know, I think you'll still see me pop up and talk about how good it is for you. I have the perfect business idea for you because we talked uh -oh. about Germany earlier. You're like, oh no, now what's she gonna do? So I had this idea a few years ago. My boyfriend told me I'd probably get busted, and he's right. So I said, we could do it in Germany. They have brothels there, like a brothel that's 80 euros, all you could in, eat, drink, and fuck. So if you had the, godfather, the godfather's hoe heaven, right? 
and you charge these idiots, I mean, um, people, whatever, 150 euros of pop to come in, eat and drink and fuck all they want, under the Godfather uh, franchise, you could probably make money. You could I love it. I'd be here Vegas. all dressed up in my purple, my green, <laughs> all my... Hey, hey. I don't know the political side of it and what we'd have to do to get that on, but I like that idea. Yeah, I met this 25-year-old Swiss banker the other day. He probably knows about all that stuff. He was too old to like hang out with me, though, but I still have his card. Um, I think it's a perfect idea, is having a godfather brothel and just living off of that legacy. Did they ever give you a hard time about using the names, or you told me earlier you no. owned them? I do now. Oh. Uh, we, we got them less than a year ago. They let a lot of names unprotected, and so... Uh, even I'm still under contract with them, but I own Papa. Sh I don't own WWE Godfather, but I own the Godfather and I own Papa Shango. One of the few smart ones. Everyone else always has an issue. So one person wanted to do the show, but he'd have to use his real name. I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So do you put that out there? What do people pay for? Um, I don't. I've never had an issue with them. They've never. I mean, I've. Even when I didn't own it, I had my own strain with insane, uh, be real and insane uh, Dr. Green's thumbs. Um, they've never messed with me. They've never messed with me. Man. They're really cool with me. They don't ever mess with me. And I do a lot of stuff that, that use those names. And I'm, I'm fortunate enough that uh, they just don't fuck with me. Yeah, I don't think I would either, but I still am very serious about the brothel. To have one here where I live, it would be brothel by the sea, and it's right across the street from the ocean, right? Then I had this idea to have a sex doll brothel, where it's a sex doll instead of a human being. Then my ex said, if we do that, you'll probably get in trouble because, like, there's got to be some fine area of the law that someone gets off in a sex doll and it's like prostitution. I don't know. These laws are, like, too fucked up for me. I don't really follow them. Uh, so anyway... Um, I know, I go like a million different ways, but I just have these great ideas sometimes, and you, you bring them out. Um, do you do anything, like when you're not working, do you do anything like race motorcycles, race cars, anything interesting and fun? Mini um, golf? Oh, mini golf. I, 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 one of my favorite things I love is disc golf. Oh. You might call it frisbee golf, but uh, it's called disc golf. Uh, right now, I'm waiting to have my. And uh, I'm right now. I'm setting up to have my left knee replaced in December, and so once I get that corrected, I'll be out there throwing again. But disc golf is a big thing of mine. I love to shoot guns. I uh, belong to a members-only gun club out here in Vegas, and uh, I love to go out there and just, you know, I have a lot of guns. I'm one of those guys that has a lot of guns. I just like to go out there and I don't hunt and I don't kill anymore. I just like to go out there and get my mind right. And one day it's shotguns, one day it's pistols, one day it's rifles. One day, I mean, I just, I enjoy going out there shooting. Other than that, man, I just chill. We're empty nesters now, me and my wife, all my kids are grown. I just like to chill at home. And I'm at that point now where, you know, I'm on the road so much that uh, I'm on the road Friday till Sunday, just about every week. So when I'm home, I'm just chilling. I ain't looking to do much. Well, on your Fridays to Sundays, is it wrestling gigs mostly, or is it those signings that I've seen you at? It's signings. It's signings. Uh, this week, it's actually a wrestling show, and I'm signing be before the show 
And then at intermission, I'm going to go in there and pop the crowd with some girls and talk some shit. Um, it's the signing Saturday. I leave tomorrow. I do the signing Saturday, but it's a late one, so I don't get back till Sunday. Next week, I'm in Baltimore. The week after that, I think I'm off. The week after that, I'm in Philadelphia. The week after that, I'm, yeah, I mean, yeah, it goes on and on. I it's just like booked the first two. I just booked the first week in London. I'm gonna be over in Europe for like four days doing shows. When? Um, I go. I think this just happened. I think the ticket says I leave on the eighth of uh, December, and I get back on the fourteenth. And so in between those, I do three shows where I don't, I don't know if they're wrestling shows. I know that I have like a, uh, an hour signing as Papa Shango and then like a, a signing later on in the show as Godfather. See, that's the fun part of wrestling. But uh, when I was speaking to Lisa Marie Varon, she said it's like a full-time thing because it's really like a full-day production to get dressed, right? And then pack yeah. your stuff. So technically, when you leave, you've packed the day before, which is Wednesday. That's like a full day of work. I know that sounds crazy, people. But then you get on the plane. That's another full day. You get off London. You're going to be jet lagged, you know? And it's just all this that goes into it. So I hope that the fans, and I'm sure they will be very grateful uh, to see you there. You know, hopefully they are. Uh, like, I hope so. Um, do you ever miss any aspect of this? Do you feel as though you missed out a lot of you know, your kids growing up by traveling all the time? Oh, I mean, it goes to say that's part of the gig. But yeah, I mean, uh, I missed a lot of birthdays and a lot of a lot of days, special days because of wrestling. But uh, they made it through it all right, and they're all doing good, and everybody's cool. None of them are wrestling fans, but uh, maybe that goes into that. But uh, no, then hey, it's a rough life. Not everybody can do it. I mean, yeah. it tears up relationships and you know all types of stuff. Pimping ain't easy, I'm telling you. Pimping ain't easy, man. Pimping ain't easy. Now, what I talked of... about Lisa. I'll see Lisa Saturday. She's on the same show. I'm Where? on Saturday in Indy. In Indianapolis, uh, someplace in Indy. She's going to Indianapolis? Yeah, I felt bad for her because it's such a different market now for wrestlers to make money um, who may not necessarily be doing indies all the time. Because people, do you sell clothes as well? Do you sell your, your worn nope. boots? Nope, nope, nope. I just do uh, wrestling wise. I just I do you know probably three appearances uh, a month. I probably average that, and that's wrestling. That's conventions. Not really conventions. I stay away from those. Most of them are wrestling events or you know wrestling signings. I do yeah. do some cannabis stuff every now and then, but you know wrestling pays a little better than cannabis. Yeah, I would imagine so. I would think that people would want to buy some of your outfits because they're like the most ornate outfits ever. <laughs> like more ornate than gold dust, kind of. Um, yeah, I hang on to most of my stuff. When I spoke to Lisa, she said it's just so different now because like people want to buy your clothes. They want to buy your ring-worn gear. I see grown men buy like used underwear from deathmatch wrestlers, which is kind of creepy right there. It's just... I don't know who buys it. I don't want to know, but it's such a, a weird, like, fetish. It's a whole other market out there for that type of stuff. Um, so what kind of messages do you have for people that actually want to get into wrestling, like these younger guys? You know, it, like I said, it's, it's the business has changed so much. I mean, I've been out of the business for 20 years. 
And the business has changed a lot. You know, with indie shows and everything, when I came up, it was a lot different. There was territories. There was places that you could go work weekly, you know, and learn your stuff. And now it's just you learn different. You're, you're, you're chosen different. You have to go to different avenues. I think the best advice would be old advice such as, you know, learn as much as you can. Don't get stereotyped just because you're big or you're small or whatever it is you are. Try to learn as much as you can. And uh, you listen to everybody, even if you don't agree with it or, you know, whatever your thoughts are, listen to them and uh, try things. Don't be afraid to try things. Have you been to a lot of shows where you see a difference in the type of wrestlers we're getting now than we used to have back then? Um, I don't watch wrestling at all. Like I said, nothing against it. Respect the business. Made a lot of good friends, made some money in the business. But I'm out of it. I don't really watch it anymore. It seems that wrestlers today are a lot smaller, a lot more acrobatic, uh, and there's a lot more spots. But uh, God bless them, man. I'm just glad they're out there making money. Because I know some guys that do the indies like you do, and I thought maybe in an indie show, maybe some of these younger kids like ask you, hey, could you watch my match? Could you give me some advice? But... I think you're spot on in saying people do a lot of spots and no storytelling. Um, yeah, and, and usually, unfortunately, I'm usually on the wrestling shows. I'm usually gone before the show starts. I mean, it's usually my thing is before. And so usually afterwards, somebody's taking me to dinner or back to my hotel. So I don't, uh, I, there is times, there is times when people ask me, I'll be like, bro, if, if I stayed, I would, but I'm leaving right after my part. At least they ask, which is oh yeah, they, yeah. I'm like you know, plus I don't know what to tell them. But the, the wrestling's different now than when I was there. What you could tell them is, hey, don't quit your day job. Always have a backup plan because <laughs> you're never going to be rich doing this shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Save yeah. your money. Buy good, I mean, don't quit your day job. Get a job with health insurance. Bingo. Did you have health insurance at WWE, or did you have? When a you were there. You had health insurance while you were there so if you got hurt while you were there they took care of it but i to be honest i got hurt a few times i had problems that were their fault that they took care of so they took care of me you yeah, know i don't they're not going to take care of my knees replacement coming up here but that's all right it's the worst i had my acl replaced it was from playing tennis and it right. was already torn and then I was in an improv class and it snapped that day. Of all days in the middle of an improv class, you hear this, it sounds like, oh. like a real loud boom. And it was my ACL and my meniscus. Right. But I have a bionic knee, like one side stronger than the other. So it worked out okay. It wasn't full knee replacement. So, you know, I commend you for that. You're in good shape you know, you seem healthy. So I bet you'll, you'll heal a lot quicker than I did. Oh, I'm already gearing up for it, trying to lose as much weight as I can and get ready for it. It'll be some nice time to stay at home then, pleasant time off. Yeah, my wife's going to have to do everything. I told her she's going to have to wipe my ass. Oh, my God. You can get one of those toilets, okay, the toilet seat with that little No, she can hear thing. you. Don't I, I don't want her to No, I'm going to tell her. I'm going to find her because you can get one those bidets. It's easy. I installed one. A friend of mine had a motorcycle crash, his ex. 
He broke both hands. I was not touching his ass. There's no fucking way. <laughs> so God, no. No, I sent out one of those things and I got it the next day. I installed it myself because I, I don't touch people's butts. Like, even if they want me, I, I just don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but okay, I'm not, I'm not Florence Nightingale, you know, and I get that's your wife, but she'll learn about those. It's like those Japanese she bidets. She ain't about to fucking wipe my ass. <laughs> she ain't about to. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit much. It's like a... When you go there, it just changes the relationship between people. It's kind of like when someone starts farting and burping in front of you. It's like, okay, that is just disgusting. I can't do that. Um, <laughs> I'll burp in front of my friends, though. Uh, so if people want to know where your appearances are and where to find you, how to stalk you. The best way to get a hold of me is Instagram. I am the godfather, one word, with the little blue verification. And I'm pretty active on there. I'm uh, I'm also the WWF or E Godfather on Facebook, but I'm the, they all they have me under lockdown all the time because you know you, you can't do anything with cannabis on Facebook. They'll lock you down. So, uh, but I am very active on Instagram. If you follow me on there, you can find out everything I'm doing. I don't get why they're so like. Well, there's such Nazis about that because you have people fucking and sucking on Facebook, okay, in live videos. I've seen this before. You have explicit photos on Twitter. You have explicit things on Facebook. So cannabis, which is supposed to help cancer patients and also to help crazy people, um, you know, there's blue collar, white collar people. Then there's us. There's lunatics. So it's medicine. It's medicinal. Um and, and I'm not trying to sell it and just be you smoking it. I'm not trying, I'm not advertising, selling it. And, anyway, so I don't really mess with Facebook too much, but I'm active on Instagram. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, that's going to be great. And uh, I'll, I'll look for you on Facebook anyway to, to, uh, to see when you're in Facebook jail, not in Facebook jail. And everyone oh, I else. I stay in Facebook huh? jail. I stay in it. You stay in it? They banned Yeah, they don't let me days. out. Well, what are you doing on there? Just smoking? Uh, I, I no, just I post things from Instagram. It's I don't know. I don't even care. I yeah, don't want to I, I really don't care. <laughs> you hear that, Mark Zuckerberg? He does not care. Don't give a yeah. shit. Dude, don't get take it away. All I care. I don't care. I don't fuck. As long as I I can do my fun, have my fun on Instagram. I'm all right. It's an interesting time now, especially with social media and people you know, getting followers and stuff like that. And a lot of people get acting jobs because of how many follows they have. I wonder if wrestlers have been hired because of how many followers they have. Oh, and yes. Are you kidding me? Oh, no, I'm not going to mention no names. But I yeah, was joking. Man, I used to tell about, about, I don't know, 15 years ago, we used to tell people, you want to get a job with WWE, get a million followers, they'll hire you tomorrow. <laughs> That's serious? Uh, I, get, I mean, uh, social media is a big part of it now. Big part of it. I wish they had it when I was the godfather, man. I'd had a trillion followers. Yeah, but you're, it's, you know, that type of stuff lasts only for so long. And um, people could buy followers as well. Right. And likes. So, yeah. Don't, don't, if you guys want to be a wrestler, do it the right way. Go to school, train, train like he did, train like I did. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and don't go cutting your faces up because you'll probably not get hired by the WWE anytime soon because they don't like it if you have a shit ton of gig marks and you look like a Chinese no. And they're not going to do that there. They're not going to put that on TV. 
yeah, it's too bloody and it's too, um, it's too scary. So thank you so much. I will see you at one of the conventions and I will definitely try to smoke properly out of a bong sooner than later. <laughs> My pleasure, man. It's been fun. Take care. Thanks again for listening or watching another episode of Crazy Train Podcast. And don't forget to visit betonline.ag, where that is the best place on earth to bet. <laughs>